Hey there, it's Danny Eney. I'm the executive producer at Miracy FM, which is the network that publishes the show you're about to listen to. In my day job, I show coaches and consultants in my Hybrid Course University program how to teach their gift through hybrid online courses. We only enroll one cohort of students into the program each year and work with them to build an online course around their expertise to create more leverage in their businesses. That enrollment is happening this month, and the doors will only be open for a few days, from May 22nd through 25th. So if you want to learn more about the program, and maybe get on the notification list so you can join when the doors open, head over to miracy.fm slash hcu. And now, on to our show. Miracy. Hi, and welcome to For Better or For Work. This is the show that explores what it's like to run a business together as a couple. My name is Johnny B. Truant. I'm the best-selling author of the Fat Vampire books, to name a few. And I'm the flagship storyteller over at Sterling and Stone, which I helped co-found. Today, I'm here to listen to and react to Danny Innie and Bumi Patak's conversation, Should We Stop Working Together? And I'm here without my own wife, Robin, who I used to work with. Shout out to you, Robin. All right. So, sweetie, we're here for the final conversation in our series. And the topic is, should we stop working together? So, I don't know. I mean, should we? I don't think so. <laughs> Not right now, but... <laughs> Not right now, yes. But, but we can have a conversation about it. There are definitely circumstances under which it might make sense for us to stop working together or for someone, others in our position, to stop working together. Yeah, and there are some really great reasons for that, right? Like, um, you know, if one or the other partner has different aspirations for where they want to take their career or they want to do something different that they're more excited about. So that'd be a great reason to stop working together. Yeah. When I was thinking of joining you, Danny, and I left my consulting job, you know, I, it was very clear, at least for me, that our marriage is a priority and we didn't have kids then. So now the stakes would be even higher. But essentially, you know, I... If it felt in the first few months that we're not able to work together or it would have a negative impact on our marriage, then I would rather we stop and reassess. So that's sort of like the frame that I'm coming at it from. I'm assuming that people or partners who are working together who are listening to us are have sort of that same way of thinking about it. And so like for me, essentially, if I had to choose between being married to you or working together, I choose to be married to you, obviously. Well, agreed. And likewise. But people don't always have that separation. So it, it is worth just putting out there for everyone who's listening. If you're like, you know, I never realized I could quit. You can. You have our permission. Like, that's a thing that you can do. <laughs> so just to put it out there. Even if it's your own business, you can quit. For me, like, so for example, sweetie, in our case, you're the CEO. You're mostly the face of the company. And so you're the entrepreneur. And I'm kind of playing more of a supportive role, business partner, but still supportive. And so I absolutely feel like I can quit. And I also feel like I can be fired just like anyone else on the team if I'm not doing my job well or if someone else can do my job better than me. Do you feel as an entrepreneur that you can quit? Because it's a little bit different. The dynamic is a little bit different for you. Well, so it depends how you look at it, right? I mean, how in the weeds you are. Because in the middle of a bad week and things are not going well and something just broke and you're like, ah, oh, I want to quit, right? And in that context, you don't have that same freedom that you would in a job. Because in a job, you'd have like, how am I going to replace my income and savings and all those considerations. But you could just walk into your boss's office and say, you know what, I quit. 
Whereas in this case, you know, we have commitments, we have things we're on the line for, there are people counting on us for certain things. Like I can't just unwind it all at the drop of a hat or with two weeks notice. It would take longer. But in the broader view, right, if, if you ask, could I just walk away and do something else? Yeah, it would take a bit of time to unwind. And it takes a certain kind of perspective and distance to recognize it. But yeah, I mean, if I wanted to not still be doing this a year from now, that is certainly a possibility. I mean, not the reality, but a possibility. <laughs> it's an option, right? So I think it's, it's just going option. back to, yeah. So I, I'm really glad you kind of shared that you have our permission to quit because when we're working together, sometimes it could feel like an unspoken rule that you're working together and you're going to continue working together. We just assume that the other person expects us to be here forever and ever and we can never quit. And that may or may not be true, but I've definitely had times when I'm like, I can't quit. I would feel very disloyal if I quit because, you know, I want to see this through. This is something that we've been working on for a long time together. And I know that you could use my help and I know that I can help. And so how can I quit? Because I really care about you and I care about uh, what you're building. Well, what, what we're building. What we're building now. Yeah, for sure. But I would suggest that don't take it for granted that you can't quit because you can always quit. And the great thing about coming at it from a perspective of like, I'm choosing to do this because I want to do this because I believe in it is very different from like, I have to do this because there's no one else. And if I quit, my spouse is going to be really annoyed or upset at me. And that said, though, yeah, we've talked about this. There's a bit of the kind of paradox of it's easiest to quit when you'd least want to, because the better the business is doing, the more money it's spitting out, the more free time you have, et cetera. Yeah, you could walk away from that and there's money in the bank and there's more flexibility anyway. It's when everything is falling apart that it's a lot harder to walk away, right? Because, you know, you maybe don't have those same financial reserves and there is a lot more stuff that you've got your fingers in and that your fingers need to be there so the dam doesn't break and all that kind of stuff. And so you definitely don't get to walk away at the drop of a hat when things are bad. You know, so this is the exception, but there was this taxi company here in Montreal and it was like all hybrids or electric cars or something. But some entrepreneur had this idea and he was independently wealthy and he poured a lot of money into this thing and it was not working. It was losing money. And it was the whole thing. The story was in the news. One day he just woke up. He was like, you know what? Screw it. I don't want to do this anymore. Send an email to all of his people saying like, you know, this is it. We're done. You know, don't show up to work today. And we just shut it down overnight. And he could do that because, again, independently wealthy and lots of resources. Functionally, we usually cannot do that. Right. So there is the paradox of the more you might want to quit in the moment, maybe the less able you are to do it in the moment, but you can still kind of create a, a plan. And a colleague of mine, he shared once this idea that stuck with me, which is he was telling the story about how he had worked himself into a situation where he was like working super long hours and not seeing his family and his health was suffering and super burnt out and all that kind of stuff. And he resolves that he needs to change it. And he said, you know, I realized that if it took me years, to create the situation, I'm not going to unwind it overnight, right? It'll take some time. And so in the same way, when you've got these big challenges, you can't just walk away, but you can make a plan to extricate yourself over the course of whatever time frame is feasible. Yeah, that's fair. And that applies to the relationship too, right? So like for me, for example, if things are going super well, it's definitely easier for me to replace myself or get myself replaced. In our relationship? No, in the business. <laughs> but I, I like meant for the not partner. Clear. You okay, might, you no, might I want meant to explain that part again. It's easiest to quit when things are going well. Like that applies to the business partner as well. 
And when things are not going well, then, you know, you may need to downsize your team, which means that both of you need to be working even harder than you were before because you might be taking on more responsibilities and stuff. So this has kind of showed up for us a couple of times in terms of questioning whether we should continue working together or not. And funnily enough, or not funnily enough, predictably enough, I suppose, it has happened when things are not going well. I'll share from my perspective. So we've talked about like how to handle challenging situations when things are not going well, uh, how to have money conversations. So for me, both of these come together often because, sweetie, you tend to be audacious in your thinking and your vision. (laughs) And it means that you want to invest heavily in growth. And that means that we could sometimes be skating too close to the edge from my perspective in terms of profitability and cash flow and all that stuff. And a few years ago, one of our launches didn't go well. And so we were having a conversation around like, I think we need to restructure and, you know, cut back on initiatives and focus more closely only on revenue generating uh, stuff. And, you know, your position was, no, I don't think so. And, you know, there is a strategy, we have a vision for what we're going to accomplish, and that's the way we want to go. And I felt like if this is a dynamic, I don't know that I can be part of this. Like I can't, this situation is giving me a lot of anxiety, sleepless nights, and I feel like I have no influence on it, no control on it, because I can't get through to you and you're not willing to meet me halfway or not willing to see things uh, my way, rightly or wrongly. That's how it felt to me. And so I don't know that I can be part of this. Do you remember that? Yeah, sure I do. We had many conversations. Yeah. And so... um, This was a big kind of ongoing thing for a while for us because it required either one of us to compromise something important. You what you were fundamentally comfortable with in terms of a a context of operation, me in terms of my vision of what I want to create, right? Or find a way to meet in the middle that doesn't compromise either. Now, again, I think that's what we did. And ultimately harmonizing those two things, not that everything's always perfect. We bump up against Mm -hmm. each other in a way that I think is probably healthy for both of us. But that harmonization has been really good, I think, for both of us. I think my vision is better served by the constraints that added stability bring to what we're building. And, you know, I think you'd get a little overly comfortable if not pushed a little bit by a bigger vision. That's just my, you know, whatever. (laughs) It worked well, but it could have also, not every two people can work well together, right? And and yeah, this is a whole different context, but, you know, my parents are divorced. They split up when I was 13. And they're still friendly today. And I'm a grown up. I'm almost 40. So this was a very long time ago. And they get along great. My parents have a great divorce. They have a much better divorce than marriage. So in the same way, you know, you can be great with someone, just not the person that you should be working with. That can be the case. It doesn't have to be, but that is a possibility. Yeah. And there could be many reasons for it. I mean, in our case, it was just comfort with risk and, and security and stuff like that. But it could also be things like, I cannot work for you because I don't like the way you manage or, you know, I can't work with you because you're super disorganized or, and it doesn't. Neither of those are true about me, just for the record. No, I didn't mean you specifically. Yes. No, that's, that's not true. But those would be differences that, you know, you can do something about too, right? Like, so there are some issues that you can talk through and figure out and get aligned on like vision and where the company's going and all that stuff. And then there are some issues that it could be a matter of getting coaching or rounding out your skill set or really being open to feedback and criticism and then changing and adapting the way you're working so that it works for everyone. 
Yeah, but I mean, we hear often that couples who say that, you know, I could never work with my spouse because, you know, they would drive me nuts and, you know, that's completely okay. But it's important to know that. And then, you know, if it's not working, then making a plan to exit gracefully rather than having it implode or have it, having it have a negative impact on the relationship. Yeah, there is one other context where it makes sense to either stop working together or at least renegotiate the way the working relationship is functioning. Um, and this one can be particularly tricky. You alluded to the idea that you can be fired or replaced, but you know the, the context being if someone else can do your job better. Mm-hmm. And this is a common challenge with startups in general, which is, you know, the Peter principle is a big problem. You start with like, you know, you're a five-person shop and you do well and you grow and suddenly you're 20 people and 50, then 100, then 500, et cetera. And because you were employee number two or number three, you're at the top of the hierarchy, you know, when there's hundreds of people reporting to you. And just because you've been around for that long and you were involved from the beginning doesn't mean you have the skills and expertise to be in that position, right? And that's fundamentally the Peter principle. But there's this whole added layer to it, which is the relationship. And there is the possibility where as the business grows, because you've done a great job together, one or both of you are, are kind of, you know, the role is outgrowing you. And that can be really, really uncomfortable to figure out. And sometimes it means let's renegotiate what my, you know, area of expertise or responsibility is or what my focus is or Mm. my portfolio of projects and so forth. Sometimes it's like, you know what, I'm just, this isn't working anymore, right? It worked great before, but it's not working now. And we haven't had to do that yet. I mean, we have in specific context with regards to specific projects or roles, but not globally. But I imagine that would be a very difficult conversation to have. I don't know. It has to be a difficult conversation. Like, I mean, we... like this, It has to be. I said it would be. <laughs> it could, I guess it could be, I suppose. Yeah. But I mean, like a thread, if I can think about like our previous episodes, a thread that has been running through is you want to manage your business as professionally as you can, right? So when you're in all your processes, you're in hiring, firing, performance evaluation, like really reinforcing the meritocracy on the team, even if you're a team of two. And then having sort of a little bit of that depersonalization when you're having conversations from a work context. So like if that's in place, then it becomes a conversation about like, if I have an employee on my team who is a great culture fit, they're well-liked, but they've outgrown or the role has outgrown them. Like I would try to have that conversation with them. I want to make sure that they are in the right seat. Um, Mm -hmm. I want them to be able to shine, whether it's in this role or a different role, perhaps. And if the role has outgrown them, chances are that they are at least somewhat aware of it and are feeling like they're not necessarily pulling their weight or they're not doing a great job. If we can find a place for them where they could be doing a great job and are able to step up in all the ways that they want to step up, then I think that's the conversation that I want to have. And it doesn't matter if it's a business partner or a spouse or what have you. So when I put on my business owner hat, I'm thinking about what does the organization need? What is the bottleneck? How can it best be supported? And if someone else can do my job better than I can, and we can afford to bring them on, we should bring them on because that's what's going to ultimately help the organization and the team grow and reach its potential. You know, to your point, you know, sometimes the answer to the question, should we stop working together? It's not a binary yes or no. Sometimes it's a kind of in between. It's a, should we stop working together in this way and find a different way to work together? Sometimes that's the solution. But Sometimes the actual answer is, yeah, maybe you should stop working together because it's not working for whatever reason. We have friends 
who they're couples and they work together and it stopped working or it was causing too much stress or, you know, someone got involved in the business because they thought it would be fun and it turned out not to be and they wanted to be helpful, but it was super stressful. And for whatever reason, it wasn't working out and they stopped working together and, and they're better for it. I've got to say, I can't imagine what that would be like. Like that feels a little bit like, you know, you break up with someone, but you're still living together. Like it kind of has that vibe to it. But I'm only imagining. I really have no idea. I mean, so you're kind of, I feel like you're conflating the personal relationship, the spousal relationship with the business relationship at that point, right? Like if no, you're but like, it, would be, it would be a huge adjustment. Okay, so let's say you and I stop working together, right? So at the end of the day, it's like, so how's work? How was your day, right? And you want to share about this thing that, that went on at work, except the spouse Maybe there's baggage and maybe it's uncomfortable to share and maybe they won't really understand anymore and there isn't the context. And like, I guess maybe I'm, maybe I'm so dramatizing. You, maybe it would just you, be weird. You would never, but you know, you get over I don't know. weird, I, weird I, stops. Being okay. Weird. If something happened at, if something had happened at work, you would talk about it. I don't think you would be held back from talking about it. I can't imagine a situation like that. I think a lot of it comes down to like how you handle it too. And what the framing is also, right? Like. I think if we were to stop working together, I can't imagine leaving the team in lurch, right? I don't think it would be sort of like, all right, I'm done. I Here's my two-week notice and, you know, good luck, right? I think if it happened that way, then yes, you'd be super annoyed and pissed off at me and you'd be resentful. But that has more to do with me not behaving like a professional than being your, your wife. I, mean, I think that's a thread that goes through, I mean, really all of the episodes, all the conversations we've had about this is that a lot of the challenge is mitigated by just making sure that you are both being grown-ups and comporting yourself in the way that you would expect to behave in a workplace in any other workplace. It's not the what so much as the how in a lot of cases. Yeah. Yeah. Or just kind of like imagining what would happen if you break up. So it's not really based in uh, not break up. Just stop working together. I know, stop working together. But that's it, right? It's kind of it's not grounded in reality. So I'm not sure how useful. No, we're it would be. we're 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 speculating. We're yeah. speculating. Yeah, it's probably not useful. But, but it is worth sharing that I would expect it to be challenging. Yeah. Certainly for a while. Yeah. You know, you get used to things eventually, but I would be very, very surprised if our marriage did not outlast our business relationship, our business partnership, right? And also like whether we eventually one day sell the company or you want to go do something else or like who knows, right? But, you know, I expect to be married to you at some point in the future when we are no longer working together in this way. And so even if your business relationship, your work partnership does have to end for whatever reason, as long as you're adults about it and you handle it well, even if it's challenging to sometimes do that, I would expect you to be able to come out on the other side often stronger, as is the case with anything that's challenging. Yeah. And it's actually better to part ways if things are not working and you've tried to fix them and still stay married, than continue to live with it and be annoyed and resentful at each other. That's true. Okay. Yeah, I especially like that part at the end where Danny kind of can't understand how it would work if you broke up professionally and then it would be weird and awkward like you broke up and you're deciding to stay together. Our situation was nothing like that. So Robin isn't here because she's a very different kind of person than I am. I don't know that I've really made this clear, but we stopped working together. We used to work a little while ago the way that it was kind of working at the beginning was there was this little nucleus of C-suite, but there were just a few of us. And Sean was the CEO. 
I guess would have been the COO, but we thought of ourselves as a rocket fuel, like visionary integrator sort of a thing. And then Robin would have been the CFO. So she was in charge of the money. So it made this little triangle for a lot of the big decisions that were made. You know, one was wildly visionary and one was much more conservative and grounded. And then you got me in the middle. And that was actually part of the problem. Robin is a very different kind of person than Sean or I. And if you were to make a a continuum, then it would have been Robin on one end and Sean on the other. And I'm kind of a weird blend between the two. Like I definitely have both sides to me. And the situation was such that it was already this weirdly overpowering situation for her because Sean and I are such loud personalities and she is not. And so that's why I'm here by myself. But what I'm trying to get at is that our situation was so it got to the point where it was so uncomfortable with those three personality types trying to steer a ship together that by the time we separated business-wise, it wasn't difficult at all. It wasn't weird at all. It was like, let's get rid of this weird crap that we're doing right now and go back to us as a couple on one side and Sean and I as business partners on the other side. And one thing that's happened since is that I no longer am really in charge of running the business at all either. I gave my title earlier, I'm flagship author. So I'm a creator. I'm kind of solo. I'm not collaborative by nature. I don't really like working with others. That's something I've discovered. And I was able to work with Robin when it was just the two of us, when it was just me and she would do things. She would do like um, just very actuarial sorts of things. Like she did keep the books, but she was sorting my email for a while and just little things that needed to be done. But bringing in this other person who wanted to do crazy things and she's used to books that look a certain way. When I say books, we make books, but I mean like financial books that look a certain way. A business that's mature, that can make decisions that are very like, well, we have this much in the banks, we're going to make this decision. But we were a wild startup and still are. And that didn't square. And so it was freaking her out. For Sean, it was like, why is somebody holding on the brakes? And I was in the middle. And it was so incredibly uncomfortable having to defend Sean to Robin, defend Robin to Sean, because I have personal relationships with both of them, that by the time we eventually stepped back, the only reticence at all came from Robin. And it was because she didn't know what was going to happen without her to have her hands on the wheel. Like she, she didn't want to be there, but she didn't trust it. She was like, this is too wild and crazy. And so she didn't want to stay, but it was somehow worse to leave. And I had to convince her that it was fine. We got new financial people. Um, I eventually replaced myself as well. And Neve now runs the business with Sean and being able to do that was just such a huge relief. You know, it was like when you try not to throw up and then you finally do. And you're like, oh, that was terrible. And I feel so much better. I know that's not their best metaphor, but that's sort of where I go with it. And, you know, people always say don't mix business and pleasure. And it's like a cliche. And for Danny and Boomy, it's clearly not an issue. And for a lot of people, it's not an issue. But for others, it, it is because the business side of my personality and the way that I approach money, that sort of thing, is different than the way that Robin would approach it once you put things within a business context. Within a personal context, 
I actually just let her handle it. You know, it's kind of like, well, can we do this? And if she says yes, then we do it. And if she says no, then we don't do it. And we find really good middle ground. There are things that like if I want to get something or spend money on something and she's a little, eh, you know, so, so, then usually we just discuss it like adults and everybody's happy. Like we actually don't have much conflict. We have one of those marriages where we just kind of don't argue. And when we started working together, we argued by proxy. So we didn't usually argue directly. What would happen was there would be like a meeting with the three of us. And then that would give us fodder of something to argue about. It would exacerbate the differences between things that I had agreed upon with Sean, my business partner, and then things that Well, you know, they kind of blurred the lines as to how I knew she felt personally about finances. And when you're a very small company, it is hard to separate feelings about the business's finance from feelings about your finances. Because yes, they were independent and she was helping to take care of everybody's money. I actually had a bankruptcy in the past, a personal one. And so she's been through the ringer on all of this. And so when we get to the point where it's like the income stream doesn't feel as secure, then it's a problem. When they were talking, when Danny and Boomi were talking about, you might have conversations. I actually avoided a lot of that. I didn't want to remind her of some of the things that we were doing that she would have felt were risky. And it wasn't like I was hiding it. It's just that she wasn't going to get it in a way and it was going to provoke some old kind of PTSD about, well, okay, but what if that doesn't work out? And and it's been several years now so that that's no longer an issue. And so now I can talk about the business. Things are great now. We're totally and completely independent business-wise. It has been, I want to say, three years maybe since we dissolved this bit of it. And by the way, I would like to give a shout out to Sean for calling it. So at the beginning, when I, when I was, I think I might have pitched it. I think Danny might have been at the table actually when this occurred. And uh, we were toying with the idea of what if Robin came on and kind of did our books and stuff. And Sean was the only one who was like, well, you never know. You mix business and personal. It might be uncomfortable. What if she resents something or I resent something and then it's weird? And I was like, I think it'll be fine. And Danny was like, oh, it'll be fine. Boomy and I work together. And sorry, Danny, you were you were wrong on that one. And Sean was right. Um, but that said that it's been a few years now. And uh, because there wasn't a lot of problems immediately after, there certainly aren't problems now. I think it took her a little while to trust. Like I mentioned that she couldn't entirely trust what was happening without her. But I think I have slowly convinced her and not through voodoo, through legitimate things that are going on, that um, the ship is much more stable now. So the person who replaced me in that kind of uh, integrator way is uh, Neve. And Neve is the partner that Sean should have had all along. Like they re- they make a really good pair. And she's very, she's not conservative minded, but she dots her I's and crosses her T's and she thinks of all the little details. And Sean, for as much as I love him, does have a tendency to not always look at all the details when something is really exciting. And so the fact that she slows him down and that she looks at things from a new way and that the two of them do work really well together and things are on an even keel now business wise, it's much safer to talk now about it. Um, But that was the only thing. It was never that anything was weird between us. It was always, what should I talk about? And what is maybe a little bit of a trigger that I should step back from? When Robin first came into the business, 
She came in, so this is probably actually, this is worth mentioning, I think, is that she did have a fair amount of cleanup to do, like legitimate cleanup to do. It wasn't that that, that she thought that we were just messy, messy boys and she was going to clean up after us. It was legitimately screwed up. Our business structure was not quite right. So she did that kind of accounting slash legal thing where you can make sure that, you know, you're filed with the right people and your taxes are your corporate structure is just right and all all the paperwork, it was a mess. I mean, she was, at the beginning, she was very much saving us from the actions of somebody who was professionally negligent. The person before her cost us a lot of money because of things that weren't done correctly and almost cost us a bunch more. So it was a real mess. So she came in and she solved that and she solved it quite handily. And so at the beginning, it was all confetti and roses, right? It was all just like, oh, thank goodness you managed to clean this up and we really very sorely needed it. What happened after that was that we moved into more of a day-to-day and then, you know, once the ship was righted, then Sean's big entrepreneurial ideas started to come out. And so at the beginning, it wasn't that she felt she had a support role, although she did. Her way of looking at finances did not jibe with the finances that were necessary for an entrepreneurial startup coming fast and loose. So she wanted to protect us from ourselves to some degree. Having known Danny for quite a while now, I know how careful, precise, and responsible he is in his business. We were kind of shooting from the hip a lot. And so when, I don't know if this is just Danny projecting this or whether this is like legitimately how things are, but I feel like he's got the business buttoned up over here and it's this nice, tidy little thing or big thing, but that there is definitely a way in which you can, if you want, separate the business and the personal. And I think the main problem with what we had was that it was not an independent entity. It was always there. Like it was always this specter, this extra thing that was influencing our relationship. And I didn't hear that from Danny and Boomy. It didn't feel like maybe because things are going well, maybe because they learned from some of the don'ts that I have, they maybe didn't do those. So they knew not to do them. It's not that I agreed or disagreed with everything. It's that some of what they said was sideways of my experience and the problems that we had, I don't feel like are the same as the problems that they had or might've had. One of the big things was uh, Danny and Boomy were talking a lot about, uh, I actually think it started, the conversation started with, if, if, I could, if I could choose one or the other, you know, I obviously, I want to be married, not in a business relationship. That was actually kind of how they started it out. And we were never at the point where it was a genuine threat that it was going to break us up or anything like that. I think that Robin and I are really good at holding on with white knuckles but always keeping the eye on the prize. And so I think that it was never a strain that was going to be uh, dangerous to the relationship, but it was a strain. It was very uncomfortable. And we, we, we hung in there as long as we possibly could. When we finally separated that element of it and we handed over financial to an accountant who wasn't her, then there was kind of an adjustment period but it was subtle. And as far as the two of us, it, it was it more or less snapped right back. The only kind of bit of bad mojo that stuck around was her continuing to worry about where this crazy ship was going without her being able to steer it at all. So for us, the right decision was not to work together. And 
this actually is echoed in my relationship with Sean, because I mentioned I don't work in the same way with Sean either. And I just think that anybody who's weighing this decision is to consider the possibility, I just urge people to consider the possibility that not working together can, in some cases, make your relationship much better. Okay, on to the credits. Thank you so much for listening to For Better or For Work. I'm Johnny B. Truant, and you can learn more about me and the Truant verse over at sterlingandstone.net. For Better or For Work is part of the Mira FM podcast network. This episode was produced by Cynthia Lamb. Jeff Govertson and Mishi Lance put it together. Danny Innie is the executive producer. Post-production by Post Office Sound. If you liked the show, please follow us and leave a starred review. It's the best way to get these ideas to more people. Thank you, and we'll see you next time. Hey, it's Danny Eaney, executive producer of Mira CFM and lead instructor of the Hybrid Course University. If online courses might be a part of your business plan for this year, you'll be interested to know that from May 22nd through 25th, we're enrolling into the new AI edition of the Hybrid Course University. And we're offering the entire program on a pay-what-you-can basis, so you set the price that feels right to you. If you want to check out the details and maybe get on the notification list so you can join when the doors open, head over to miracy.fm slash hcu.